At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Where are you, James? Well, hello and welcome, Alex. Thanks for asking. I am, uh, <laughs> as, you can, as you can tell by the, uh, the three pictures here. Super I'm frozen in, internet? You're at home? I'm in, I'm in Canada. <laughs> uh, evidently, the internet's no better here than it is down. Is it just I, a Hinchcliffe family trait? I think that the you guys just all have are just awful? really cheap. I think it's uh, I think maybe I think it's partly that I I think it's me personally I think I just have like a lot of metal in my body and some funky waves that ruin internet stuff but yeah I'm at my mom's house it's my mom's birthday today Tim oh. uh, yeah I sh- I keep- actually let me text her really quick okay you get that's um, I don't love that. He was so, already texting her anyway. So. <laughs> right. about it's good. Stuff. Yeah, it's good that I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, now there's context for the picture he sent. Right. It was a present. Right. right. Good. That's <laughs> wow, Tim. Wow. God, I hate you so much. Uh, so yeah, so I, I flew in last night and surprised her this morning. I snuck into her house and started cooking breakfast, and she was very confused and thought it was the dog. Cooking um, breakfast? I'm sure. What what type of food do you cook? How bad <laughs> well, is your cooking more like skills? What, and she's like, what oh, kind of dog I thought a do dog you have? This. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, well, that's very nice, name. James. You win yeah. the Good Son Award. That's of like very, the day. Very kind. I don't very think good. it. Well done. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Tim, you are also at your mom's house. <laughs> It'd be weirder if I was at yours. I mean, not really. You're like usually in one of our houses when you were in the That's same true. city. So, yeah, I'm in Indianapolis. I had to come in town for some some family stuff. And uh, what's funny is like I was very close to just going over to Alex's today and be like, "Yeah, can I record here?" Because the internet's not great at my mom's. But then I just I figured that might be a bit much. A, I'm disappointed you didn't. <laughs> B, I've I've had quite a morning uh, um, with some. Uh, media commitments, but then I got to deal with incompetence firsthand. And oh, let's hear all about Ooh, it. I'm excited. I'm going to put a company on blast, not because I like doing that, but just because I'm kind of annoyed by it today. So Terminex, guys. Okay. Okay. They are a pest control company. And I'm an Orkin I, guy. Well, I'm about to be an Orkin guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So every every spring coming out of the winter, they kind of come and do their annual check. And I've got some, you know, some systems installed around the house for pests and to keep spiders and mouse, mice, mice. Um, and all the Meats. critters that Meats. live in the Midwest out of my home. And so there's there's kind of some bait systems around and everything. And and so this um, stops Tim as well then, yeah. That's why he didn't I was going to say, it's a good thing I didn't go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, basically, uh, I've had this now for, for two years, and it's kind of like I, I basically bought the package. The guy came and sold me on it. I was like, fine, I don't like any of those things, so take all the boxes. <laughs> Let's get it all, right? And so um, the first year was fine. You know, I pay monthly some probably by Tim. It's not just me. I hope it's still recording because he's gone. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. I don't know what just happened. Is it okay. still recording? Did he miss anything there? It says it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it says it is. All right. So anyway, so I, I pay this um, this amount monthly. It's probably far too much money. But, but anyways, uh, that's not the point. Um, so last week... I had my annual kind of service and the guy comes out and I, you get the, the PDF document emailed to you about like what they did I'm going through it and everything and sprayed this and did that and et cetera, et cetera, all good. And then it gets to this, like this bait protection perimeter system that I have. And he says, Oh, he checked five stations out of the 20. And I was like, that doesn't seem like mm, there's 20 Twenty for a reason, twenty right. of them. Yeah. So I I called I called um the office or whatever, and I was like, hey, this this seems to happen, and and I compared um this guy's report with the report that I had last year, and and they checked twenty of twenty stations and had to replace bait and whatever, and this person only seemed to do five, so I don't know if he didn't know that there was more than the five or whatever, but like I need him to come out and do the rest, and they were like, yep, no problem, glad you checked, all good, great. So this morning, um, said a person from the company comes by and rings the doorbell and is like, there's only five here. And I'm like, well, I wasn't home. But, but Kelly was like, no, there isn't. And he's like, oh, well, I can't, I can't find him because you have mulch down now. And I said, what? And Kelly said, well, the mulch went down after you came last time. So that, that excuse doesn't really work. Sorry. And he was like, oh, well, there was some mulch down. There, there wasn't. So anyways, she hands basically the phone, her phone to this guy and this gentleman and calls me and I kind of repeat everything that Kelly said. He's like, well, I can't, I can't do anything about it. I'd have to get a rake out. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I don't have time get for a rake I don't out. have time for that. And I was like, oh, I, okay, I don't really understand why this is such an issue. Like I pay you guys a lot of money and this is something you do once a year. You don't have any record of like where these things are installed. Like it's around the perimeter of the house. Like just, Follow the perimeter of the house. Oh, I uh, well, I I just don't know where they are, and that's that's not part of like what we do. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna need your manager or whatever to call me. And so I was at the gym this morning, and still haven't heard from them. But I came home, and within eight minutes, six minutes of being home, I found twelve of the twenty, like just just walking around, <laughs> like oh, there's one, there's one, there's like wasn't that hard, wasn't difficult at all. The other eight, yes. I, I mean, I don't know where they're installed. They might be behind a bush. They might, sure, they might be under a small layer of mulch. Ultimately, not my job, not my problem. In eight minutes, I found 
the majority of them. This guy only said he found five. So, anyways, um, it's been a it's been a, a fun morning for me to in between calls. I've been running out there and like digging. You know, found one, cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of exciting. It's like a little treasure. Well, getting, I will. Getting uh, I'm glad I didn't come because he would have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you would have definitely had me out there. <laughs> I uh, I will for sure forward my contact at Orkin over to you, Thank so you that much. way you can contact them and uh, and get your service switched well, what's, over. What's funny post-haste. is I can't I can't wait for him to call and be like, oh well, you know. Our, my guy said he can't find him. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to stop paying you. Are you going to then come and collect what is your property then? Are you going to be able to find him then? Probably. <laughs> you feel like you, if you can only find and service five of them, I'm going to only pay you a quarter of what I'm supposed to pay you until you find the rest of them. Smart. Smart. And if they, if they do need a, a rake to find the ones after you stop paying, you should charge them to rent yours. Right. It's smart. <laughs> What's funny is he had a rake on his truck, so I don't. Yeah, really, sure did. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, well, that's fun. That's my morning, guys. Well, at least you didn't get to test this week. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. You know, it's been a it's been a bit of a bitch of a week. Flew down to Alabama. <laughs> you know. Did you fly? Like I did. did you no, plane? I didn't. I didn't really no. want to deal with it. Um. So I I just flew commercial down. Got to the track, uh, what was it? I guess Monday afternoon, went through the hole, you know, that's what we're going to do today, and all this stuff. Went to Bucky's, got some beef jerky, um, went back to the Hampton Inn and had a salad and watched Netflix and went to bed. Woke up at 6.30 in the morning, went to the track, we were supposed to go on track at eight. I was on a flight out of Birmingham at nine, got home at one. So I, I flew to okay. Alabama to go to Bucky's, essentially. Which? So what was it weather? What I happened? I didn't want to. And did you get me any beef jerky? <laughs> um, <laughs> More importantly, I did not get you any beef didn't jerky. Didn't feel like it. I ate it all. Um, no, there, w- there was weather. Son uh, of a bitch. Yeah. I saw that uh, Connor was there as well, but Ed Carpenter, who's also they were in Texas now. Oh, they were in Texas. Texas also got oh, canceled. Oh, right, right, right. Texas also got canceled. Oh, that's right. That was on. So Monday. just a great day for IndyCar testing. It's been a mm. tough week, yes, for sure. At least yeah. it's really easy to get those cars to different locations. It's not it like a that. logistical nightmare. It is. It is not simple. No. Uh, yeah, that's a that sucks, man. That's a lot of money lost for the team to not go drive race cars in circles and learn stuff. But it happens. Not the first time. Won't be the last. Uh, so, like, do you know if you're going back there to test or? I do not, James. All right. Well, let's, let's okay. okay. It's an option, but I do not know. <laughs> uh, so, when you were sitting at the Holiday Inn watching Netflix, what, what are you watching on Netflix right now? So I. Just watched the Boeing documentary. Oh, Very interesting. upsetting. Um, I just got a book about it, actually, that I'm going to read. And what's weird is, like, I was, I was a big, I was very anti-Airbus um, for a while because, you know, there wasn't a documentary about it, but there was a pretty big Air France crash that happened in 2000 and I want to say 9 or 10. Um, it was from Sao Paulo to, to Paris, and the plane flew itself into the ocean kind of a similar 
a similar thing, but the problem that I had with the Boeing situation is that it was a known problem that they then hid and covered up. It was a cover. It wasn't up. a flawed yeah, design sure. that ultimately killed a lot of people, like the Airbus situation. Right. The Airbus situation, they didn't really know about it. It was one of those, oh, we learned this lesson in a really painful way. And they grounded right. all the planes and fixed it immediately. Boeing was the exact opposite of that, which was kind of sad because ultimately what that company was and what that company contributed to the United States and to the world and how it allowed international air travel to become affordable and what they have done in terms of their contributions to the military Aerospace and stuff, the like- space program and all of that is is unbelievable. And they became a company that was very much money-driven only. Um, which happens, obviously, but they seem to lose their way a little bit, which is, it was, it's a sad story to watch, and, and it, at the expense of 300 people is also very, very sad. So I watched that. Weird. I, I wouldn't advise watching that when you're on a Boeing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. when you're flying. Um, I finished it on an Airbus, <laughs> so I felt better. Um, like a, next time we're on next time we're on your boat, I think we should listen well, to the record of the Edmund like, Fitzgerald. I, I, it didn't bother me, but like <laughs> I really felt bad for the people I was seeing next to. So every time there was like the, the CGI plane crash, like I turned the brightness down and kind of like tilted away because like I didn't want like <laughs> that would I think make some people un, uneasy. I watched I watched uh, I watched Flight with Denzel yeah. Washington on a plane, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't super well received. I couldn't believe it was an option. Like that wasn't I didn't. Bring I, why that. would you Why would you pick that? Because I had wanted to <laughs> see well, the movie, sur- and like it's not going to make my plane right. go down. Yeah, most of them survived, so it was fine. Most of like, them, yeah. I think Castaway um, would be. I, would, I was watch. just watching. Oh, sir. Yeah. Well, good yeah. call. That's a great one. Great call. Yeah. Weird. I was uh, I was watching. Um, oh, why can't I think of the name of it? The Larry David Show on HBO. Curb your enthusiasm. I was watching that on the flight out Great here, show. and I was just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna start rewatching. Start from season one. I'm going through, and I I got to the episode where he has to like clear the porn out of his manager's house, and Bob Odenkirk is like playing some retired porn star, and it was like I was sitting next to somebody who was asleep the entire flight. Except for the 30 seconds when they're showing Larry watch porn on TV. It's like showing all this. It's like, what does this well, person like, think I've of me? Watched Wall Street, <laughs> and like, I think enough people know that movie, though. But there are some scenes in there where it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst is when it's a movie that like you don't know. Like you've never seen it before. So you don't know those scenes are coming up. Like if it's a movie you've seen, you can maybe kind of just like skip ahead. Or like you could at least look around. But then sometimes you're just sitting there in this raging sex scene pops up and you're like oh my god that was i i did not expect yeah. that to happen right now and the mother of two beside you was like not cool yeah. not cool the, the other two things that i just finished watching that are kind of the same but obvi- but but different um inventing anna and i see i that's why i brought it up because i just started that it's and wild. the tinder swindler which is also unbelievable um very creative have- people and like, I have no doubt you that if I texted for it. if I texted anybody any any person in my contact list you guys included I need $25,000 my enemies are after me the response would be lol sucks for you like there was I don't know how this right. guy does this correct <laughs> right I mean like the the people I I know the whole point of the documentary was like a sob story for them but also they are not smart 
Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yes, he fooled you. Yes, he made you fall in love with him. But like, come on. Like, so maybe the, the, I could see the first credit card slash loan of a couple grand. Like, I could see that. Like that. Yeah. But to go $250,000 into debt in like a four-week period because he keeps just telling you the same story is phenomenal. And the fact that he did it to like 20 people is equally as awesome. (laughs) Well, he's got an agent now. He like signed with an agency in Hollywood. He also has a business like, like like a website that he'll like help you become successful. It's like this is one of the most brilliant human beings out there. So... So, like, has he been charged with anything? I like, mean, yes, for, like, some, like, credit card fraud, and he went to jail for three or, or four years. But ultimately, like, he didn't do anything super illegal. Like, these people I gave him the money. It. You just kind of, like, right. I guess it's fraud it, still, like, it's, if you're it's, telling it's them credit, it's, it's or credit something. Card fraud, and he, yeah, because it was the, he was getting credit cards in their how, names, and they were just sending them to him. So ultimately, right? Like, okay, yes, that sig- is very stupid right. of them. Their signature wasn't on the receipts, so yeah. But like right. when yep. they would ask, when he would ask for, oh, I need a fifteen thousand dollars wire transfer because X, and they send it to him. Like it's not really on him. <laughs> I could not super no. I spent years on Tinder. I couldn't even get a date, and this guy's getting millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing. You were asking for the wrong thing. Yeah, Tim. you apparently. were asking for dinner when what he really should have been asking for yeah. was cash. Yeah. Now the the inventing Anna one, I'm not done that yet. I'm only a couple episodes in, but that one's also super fascinating. I find her voice infuriating. Very I know that the actor is doing a very accurate representation of this super phony person's like trying to not be Russian and kind of be German, but still sound super Russian accent. But. Uh, it's it's tough to watch knowing what she, what she did that these people just keep right. buying into it. Man, there is not a lot of racing to talk about this but week. She, huh? But you gotta <laughs> let's forget the story. Talk about her as an actress. Like she is Ruth from Ozark, right? Who's this like right. southern white trash girl, right? That lives in right. a trailer park, firecracker. Yeah. And yeah. then for her to take on this role of this pretend German Russian heiress, and she does a very good job. Like she's a hell of an actress. great job. Impressive. But it's very weird yeah. in the beginning to no, see her as this person instead of Ruth. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's why she had to do it, because you didn't want to just be seen as Ruth for the rest of your life after like killing it in that show. So taking a role that was complete opposite, you know, a socialite from New York, or in New York from fake family money kind of thing. Super cool. The story on the episode that I just can't believe is when they like talk their way onto that guy's yacht and then just like a, didn't like leave. A, this dude's got a yacht. Yeah, this dude's got a yacht. And a friend of his is a mutual friend with this girl. They see he's on this yacht. So they like manipulate their way onto the yacht as a friend of the friend of the guy who owns the boat. Then they all leave the boat. And the friend that invited her, who was a friend of the guy that owns the boat, finds out like five days later that her and her boyfriend just came back to the boat and had just been living on this yacht and like ordering the crew around and eating the food and drinking the booze with no one else on the boat. It's like, how does that even happen? Like it's, I don't understand how these people talk their way into these situations. That's that's the other point. It's like, yeah, I mean, what you're doing is wrong-ish, but also like it's opportunistic. Like, I don't know where you guys feel about that, but like if you're that 
naive and that dumb to not even understand where your own boat is after you leave it and you're like clearly not talking to your crew or like is that really on them the fact they didn't leave i I don't know i mean it's not socially acceptable i I still don't love it yeah i mean (laughs) again it's not illegal it's it doesn't make what they did right but it does mean their victims aren't exactly pitiable no i think that's a very that's a very good way (laughs) for sure yeah i I don't think I ever felt bad for the guy with the yacht. I just was very confounded by the woman who was like, let's just go stay here for a couple days without telling anybody. Like how the crew didn't be like, check with the guy. Oh, it's these people are still here. Is that, is that right? Is that what they should be doing? And we'd be like, no, no, they shouldn't. But. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it, it, was, a, it was an amazing thing that we were able to accomplish um, back in 2017. Um and I, I don't think anyone saw it going this long. Um, the fact that we... Was it... Wait, hang on a minute. Was it 2017? It was 2018. We started? 2018. Still. I just got... Yesterday, Still. I had the, I, the Facebook... Like, it, yesterday was four years to the day when we announced it. So, guys, like... <laughs> I swore it was two virtual, years. Virtual I, high I five two years. to all of us. <laughs> because, like, that's, that's pretty amazing. And, yeah. I don't know. And thank you to, to the people listening, because that's both yeah, of you guys are really keeping this. Yeah, you're really keeping <laughs> this thing propped up, and we, we can't thank you enough. Yeah. That's wild, man. Uh, yeah, good job. Who would have thought that Alex Rossi, of all people, when he was like, I'm sorry, what, we're going to do this weekly now? Oh, that was it. <laughs> because originally we weren't weekly, and then when we went to weekly, we were like, I give us three months tops. Well, no, I think we started off weekly, and then we went bi-weekly, and then we just took a couple months off, and then, like, we've had a rocky path. I've been going, by the way, I've been going the other way on the TV binging, because, again, it's very clear we don't have racing to talk about. Well, we do have one thing but, to talk uh, about. Yeah, we, we have right, two we'll things to we'll get to it. 
Well, so I'm staying with Liz this week while I'm in Indy, and uh, she's into those, like, HG ghost hunting shows. Tim, why don't you tell the listeners, and who is Liz? Yeah, it's the first this time you've mentioned her by name. Yeah. So yeah, you keep referring to her as it's the girl fine. that I'm dating, but it's so, the like, first time you great. say her name. So I Tim will... has a girlfriend, everyone, so... I this have a is like uh, we're, we're now we're past Facebook a fish. Now we're off track a fish. That is a big step in your <laughs> she, guys' relationship. Uh, I feel like the, his Facebook profile of eighty five friends probably is still more eyeballs than this. But <laughs> I, uh, I apparently I think she must have lost a bet of some sort. I don't know the terms or conditions. I think it was similar to to James and Becky, where there's just going to be an out court at some point whenever the right the terms are met. Uh, no, so she's into those ghost hunter shows, and so we started watching this one, uh, Skinwalker Ranch on the History, the History Channel. Have you guys heard of that? It's about this place in Utah that's supposed to be, like, a bunch of UFOs and, and shit, but I don't usually watch these shows, but then I, I remember a friend of mine is, like, the executive producer on it, so we would be oh, okay. watching it, and we'd just, like, whenever we'd have a question about something, it's like, wait, was that bull? All right, hang on, pause it. Let me call Matt. And we called him like four or five times. <laughs> just like, all right, so the head thing, was that real? He's like, yeah, that was all. Like, oh, that's so, funny. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like when I call you during races. So it's it's good to know there's other people that I annoy with that. Right, yes. We don't usually answer, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, going going back, did you guys, have you guys heard of the show The Dropout? No. No. Okay, so it's it, it's just come out, or it's just coming out on I want to say Hulu, and it's this it's this it's another con man story, but it's this crazy story. Becky and I listened to a podcast on it with the same name about this woman that started a, a medical device company. This like nineteen year old Stanford dropout who started a medical device company that was going to like revolutionize medicine. Oh, is this like the single blood drop thing? Yeah, yeah, single drop of blood that can do every single blood test under the sun. And, um, you know, she she just got convicted, right? So, yeah, the trial, the the trial, don't give it away, Tim. But uh, the trial started late last year, finally. But, dude, for 10 years, she convinced people and clients and investors that this was a legitimate thing. And it literally never worked. Like it was not like the story about the lies she told and like the, the the story that she weaves together is unbelievable and like has no remorse. It's just like the most sociopathic person you've ever seen that didn't kill anybody. And it's crazy. It's crazy. So we listened to the podcast and then like a week later saw there was a show coming out and it's just dropped on. I think it's Hulu. And I have not got into that yet. I want to finish the Anna thing first, but it's like the same story. It's amazing. I how also many the the one terrible people. The one ride. like uh, the one Hulu thing I have zero interest in is that the Tiger or the what is it the Tiger King? They're doing like a fictionalized version of it. Oh yeah, with with Kay McKinnon. The only reason I'd want to see Carol is because Kay McKinnon's Joe. playing Carol Baskin. Yeah, yeah, yeah I go. love Kate McKinnon, but like we all saw that. We don't need to see like we saw the real people <laughs> already like, like two years ago. Like it's not even yeah. like a like a long time. We're reprisal. still in the same pandemic. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> we're not even <laughs> save it yeah. for the next one, you know? <laughs> that was like one of the first like pandemic binge shows. It was the first. Yeah, that was like that was banana bread. That was banana bread stage of COVID. And then we went <laughs> like <laughs> We had stages, you know. Uh, <laughs> right now we've come, we're in the we've come so European far. war. Yeah. <laughs> Good for us. Good for us. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that happened in the news recently that I'm very excited about, one of my favorite books of all time, 
Endurance, which is about the uh, the Shackleton uh, Antarctic mission that went sideways. It's like the craziest human survival story of all time. Like, if The Martian was real, that would beat this, but that's the only thing that would come close. Uh, and if you haven't read it, you should absolutely read it. Right. Alfred Lansing was the author, but this, 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 you know, this ship was trying to cross the Antarctic and it got stuck in the ice and it sank and the, the guys had to survive on the ice and get back to land and whatever. Spoiler they just found alert. the boat. They just found the oh, boat. Oh, I saw that today. Yeah. They just found it like this morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw the article this morning. Uh, when it's, it gets, it's an incredible condition because it's in a, you know, like they don't have all the crazy bacteria that eats stuff down there compared to, you know, the bottom of the Atlantic or whatever. And it's, it's amazing. Like the thing is in pristine, well, as pristine condition as a crushed ship could be, but uh, it looks probably just like it did the day it went down and it's awesome. And I want to go in a submarine and look at it. Interesting. But read the book. You should definitely. Anyways, guys, um, we are a racing podcast and yes. Sorry. I was just getting texts from James's wife. Uh, please share. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that or? No, was I'm it, good. All right. Was it <laughs> texts or was it videos or? I'll ask that text real quick. <laughs> She's been hounding me all morning. <laughs> Let me take my shirt oh, off yeah, really no, fast. This isn't going to end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, racing news. So two things happened. Number one, cup race this past weekend in Vegas. Um, I, again, I only watched the last 30 minutes of it, which is all, all I needed to see. The only thing that was interesting to me was how good Kyle Larson and Hendrick Motorsports are in pit lane. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, they only took two tires on the last stop. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, they put half Dude, as many I know. tires on, I understand right? that. But he also came in in 13th and left in the lead. Like, that is the... That is what you have to do in motorsports when you're not having a great day to be successful. Like it's just that is that is what yeah. you have to do. You got to find a way to make it happen in pit lane. Got to roll the dice. Um, so that was cool to watch. Uh, it was a very anticlimactic finish. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't even. Who won? William Byron, right or no? William Byron won over Larson. I mean, yeah. The the Hendrick guys all took three. The Gibbs guys were running one and two, Kyle and Truex. And it's just funny how, like, it looked like it was going to be a one-two for Gibbs. And then two laps to go, the yellow comes out, <laughs> pit stop, and then it's a one-two, a five for Hendrick. Sometimes. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> kick in the dick sometimes, man. And the thing is, like, Kyle actually had a really good interview afterwards. He's just like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, I was doing everything I could do. I and he then did, we didn't he did do the amazing, right thing. And I did the best I could. those last 10 laps to kind of change his line and defend yeah. against Truex. And like, that was, that was good driving. Yeah. This, the new car seems to be racing really well. It seems to be like, I wonder, a lot, yeah, I mean, a lot more interesting. Sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, what are those like? You've literally never seen uh-huh. one in IndyCar. You've been in IndyCar, yeah, but they put a hat on it one time. Six, Six years? years? Seven? Well, what's yeah, the funny, I mean, yeah. the funny, cool. like, we don't need to get into this because it's not, there's no point, but that the Marshall Pruitt article that came out was kind of funny. And he was like, this is the only car I think in history that is currently competing, but is also eligible for a historic race. 
<laughs> wow. It's eligible is that for true? vintage races. It is. And it's still competing it's at the top. Yeah. 10 year old. Wow. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. So it's which like, is hilarious. I mean, if that's not, a, um, that's not a sign, I don't know what is. But, anyways, so that NASCAR yeah. happened. And then today, some wild uh, stuff went down. Obviously, there's some dynamic situations that are happening in the world. Um, and um, Nikita Mazepin, um, the Russian driver for Haas, is not a, Rus- is not a driver for Haas anymore. Still Fine. probably Russian. Uh, Still, probably. Um, and Kevin Magnuson is going to be his replacement, which the internet is very excited about. I am also happy for Kevin. I think that's great. It's wonderful to get a second opportunity or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the thing that I am a little bit confused by is there seems to be a lot of people that are like oh that's why you keep the relationships in this sport and that's why you don't burn bridges and blah 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 and that's why you you know always leave on good terms and i agree with all of that but he was also fully contracted to drive peugeot's hypercar this year so i don't is he doing both is that is that possible to do both i I don't i can't i don't see how that's possible Um, and this is, this is where I think it's a little, I find this decision a little interesting, right? There's a couple things to consider. One, you have a reserve driver that filled in last year when Grosjean got injured. Pietro Fittipaldi, who didn't, you know, he didn't get a proper crack at it. He got, you know, two grump He did a very good job given the circumstances. Um, I get that just because you're the reserve driver, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to move up if this sort of situation happens when, you know, there might be some other guys available. Um, I, I did find it interesting that, you know, guys like Nico Hulkenberg are still available. Um, and, you know, you had you had Magnuson, who was already fully contracted to a top-level sports car program. He'd already driven for the team for, like, five years and obviously didn't, you know, I, I know there were some financial reasons why he wasn't able to stay, um, but it, you know, it didn't, it wasn't picked up by anybody else either. You know, it, you, going back to that scenario, I guess it's comfortable because he knows the team, but it's a brand new car. Like it would have been a perfect opportunity to move in with like a, a different guy that had a lot of experience like Nico, or you go the other route, you know, you've got Oscar, Piastri. um, Piastri. Thank you. Uh, reigning F2 champion who's like hailed as the next great. And there's a lot of, I know he's, he's part of the Alpine program, I believe. Right. Um, but there's a lot of drivers from different manufacturer programs that have been lent out, you know, recently, it would have been interesting to see a, you know, another young guy, uh, who's won the F2 championship get, you know, an unexpected shot. So it's, I don't know. I, I get it. It's comfortable. They know him. They obviously enjoyed working with him, but it would have been cool to see them kind of roll the dice on someone that doesn't have something lined up this year and, and could have does, done potentially a really good job. Does uh, he bring, I mean, just to speak frankly, does he bring money? No. Um, I don't think so. Because, I mean, I mean it's I not he, like Mazepin was hired because of his talent. Or his charm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you, James, and I, I find it very interesting that you'd be so quick to walk away from in in a lot of ways i think lmdh and hypercar is it is the future of our sport outside of f1 in a, in a lot of ways you know it's they're they're very serious about 
you know, bringing manufacturers on board. They're very serious about having this, this new technological advances that kind of rival F1 on a smaller scale, try and keep the budgets down, make it global, integrate IMSA and WEC. I think that they're doing a lot of interesting and, and exciting things. And Peugeot, I mean, they are a legitimate hypercar manufacturer. I mean, we're not talking about Glickenhaus, right? We're talking about an actual car manufacturer. Right. And to just walk away from that, probably unceremoniously, I don't know, seems like a very interesting move to go drive for Haas. You, Total Wolf didn't call you to replace Lewis with his retirement. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't right. know. I, obviously, I'm not in his shoes, um, and who knows, but I think that it, it was a surprise for me to see that. And like you said, I think Oscar is yeah. well-deserving of being in an F1 car, and um, you know, I think his time will come, but it would have been, been cool to see it come come now i mean maybe maybe he didn't yeah, want to sure. drive for yeah, Haas. interesting maybe he was holding out no possibly i mean he, he right or maybe right. he wasn't he allowed a, right he's an like he's contracted alpine and um interesting times guys interesting times and then also speaking of the sports car program uh penske just announced their lmp2 livery um which is the like yellow penske trucks which i think is kind of cool um yeah I haven't so, seen that. You know, like when you see a Penske truck, you know it's a Penske truck because it's yellow. Well, that's their LMP2 truck. So cool. Um, I mean, they, they do that in IndyCar sometimes too. Oh, do they? That livery does run in IndyCar. Oh, yeah. I don't pay much attention, yeah. I guess. You don't uh, see a lot of you don't see a lot <coughs> yes. of Penskes when you run in uh, 20 seconds. The other <coughs> Yeah, you don't see a lot of Penske cars <laughs> back there. You see Junko's cars, you see Foyt cars, you see Connor. I don't know. I don't know, man. Jo- Joseph was back there yeah, last yeah. week. Um, but uh, the... And I finished um, 20th. F- you, too. Other F1 news. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> it was too easy. Come on. The other, the other F1 news that was, was sort of groundbreaking, uh, Max Verstappen's new contract from Red Bull. Let's go ahead and talk about a history making record breaking contract in not only money per year but also mm. term. He still had 2 years left on his contract and they signed an extension through 2028 at somewhere in the realm of sit down quick 55 million dollars a year. Yeah. So for those of you that are that not is, good at math that is over 400 million dollars. But what's the second job going to be? But think about it this way. But think about it this way, right? Look at it from look at it from Red Bull's perspective. Okay, so Red Bull's been spending what else? Three, four hundred million dollars a year for that team forever. More than that. Way at more least. than that. Okay. Let's just All right. And they've got two teams. Yeah. And they got two of them. But the main ones, let's say been, you know, four to five hundred million dollars. Like an unbelievable amount of money, right? And then F one introduced this cost cap. And so now they're down to like 150 or 155 uh, million. Probably not. Right? But so okay. already in theory, yeah. that's the, that's the cost cap, right? There's certain things that fall outside of that. And one of those things is driver salaries, right? And the top three salaries of people on the team. So total wolf salary and whatever, whatever, and you know, Christian Horner's salary, whatever, whatever. But so they went from having to spend, or not, yeah, having to spend an unbelievable amount of money to getting reined in somewhat. So they're like, okay, cool. This isn't costing us as much money. Still getting as much exposure, still winning races, winning a championship. Neat. Red Bull has always been like kind of 
it's Bread Bowl. Like it's they haven't really had the big title sponsorship of like a a McLaren or a Ferrari did with Marlboro back in the day or whatever, whatever. They're they're Red Bull. That is the sponsor. Well, they went ahead and did two of the biggest sponsorship deals in history. They got a hundred million dollars a year from Oracle for five years. And they got $50 million a year from a cryptocurrency company for a couple of years. So basically, the $155 million budget cap is now covered. <laughs> and so Red Bull can just spend whatever they want on their people, on their hospitality, on whatever else. So Max is like, yeah, f- you guys, I want to make this much money. And they're like, oh, is that it? Sure, cool. Like, I bet Max was upset he didn't ask for more in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> it's one of those, he slid the paper across the desk and they were just like, yeah, all right, we don't even need to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... As long I, as it's two commas and not three, we're good. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> right. He deserves it. So, like, it. what you're saying is... 100%, is, no doubt. ...is comical and amazing and very annoying for us other peasant race car drivers, but ultimately... He is, he is one of the greatest racing drivers in history. So, like, I'm very happy that he's getting recognized for it. I'm very happy super, that he... Super happy for him. He, he 100% deserves it. So it's cool to see. It's cool to see the system can still work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, wow. But, guys, the, you've now... But, like, this, this cost cap is the smartest thing Formula One's ever done because now you can actually make a race team profitable in that series. Right before it was just you literally spent every dollar you got, whether it was from a sponsor, from the manufacturer, you spent every single dollar and it was always a budget race. Now, if you're all spending the same and again, in two sponsors, Red Bull have taken care of their budget cap. So any additional, you know, that's just increasing the value of that franchise, essentially, if you look at the teams like franchises. And so this is this is a brilliant move for them. It's going to see driver salaries explode to soccer player levels. Probably. You know when they and uh, yeah, it's just you know when they talk about like uh, weird things in the timeline. It's like we live closer in time to this dinosaur than this dinosaur lived in time to that dinosaur. How distressing is it, Alex, that your driver salary is closer to my annual salary than it is to Max's annual salary? <laughs> it's very it, impressive. Well, it's not. Because guys, <laughs> we still get paid money to drive race cars, so I'm just saying uh, our fine. differential is less than your differential with him. Yeah, but like it's fine. Like, it's <laughs> I'm not saying you're making a bad amount. Yeah, I'm so, just saying, just no, keep no, it no. in mind. But but like yeah, I like, think I think we we will not make in our careers what Max no, makes I in a it. year. But, but also like it's cool. that's Formula One. Like they they're doing a pretty good job with you know. <laughs> marketing they they out they out yep. they beat the super bowl in viewership like that makes sense Max yeah fair enough getting 55 million they should be landing 100 million dollar year contracts that yeah. that's how it should work so 100%. like yeah 100 percent. we need to be better at what we do like that's <laughs> the moral of the story like that's fine yeah um the only way is up question mark uh, <laughs> no if there's anything my life has taught me is that. there's always I more mean, down not wrong not wrong well oh guys good times well f1 tests this week next week this week in bahrain texas and then the following week they are running Mm -hmm. texas and sebring so sucks that the indycar drivers can't participate in sebring but i'm happy that indycar sort of drew the line in the sand about changing practice days and stuff to accommodate that that was a very silly thing to do. 
Um, more downforce for Texas. Hopefully that's good. Hopefully that does something. It would if, you know, we were racing at night. But we're not. Um, for TV. So, again, it's important to be on network. That makes sense. Thanks, James. My father. Um, <laughs> the, the one, one more thing I want to touch on, because I thought it was incredibly interesting. Um, so, St. Pete, we had a guest that kind of sh- came um, from the world of Formula One, Mr. Will Buxton. And I... I've, I've known Will for a very long time. Um, obviously, with my time over in Europe, didn't know he was coming. Saw him quickly, um, but he created quite a few waves in the internet, Twitter sphere world after the event, saying that he spoke to the major spoke to a lot of drivers, and that the majority disliked the aero screen. Um, and what was it? And would rather just a halo. And and what was interesting about it was there was a very stout defense from the majority of the field, um, saying that you know they that they weren't talked to about it and they disagreed with that and and all of this stuff. I just want to know who he talked to because he didn't talk to me. So I yeah, want to he know, made it. He worded it in a weird way. He said, yeah. "Of the drivers I spoke to, the overwhelming majority didn't like it." And so it's like. Technically, he didn't say the overwhelming majority of drivers, right? It could have been, I talked to three people right. and two of them didn't like you it. You could talk to yeah. three people. <laughs> but it, was, it, it felt exactly. like it was worded to give the impression that most of the drivers didn't like it. I think, I think ultimately what, what most of the drivers, the main consensus of everything now is, is weight, right? The big thing yeah. that we're all concerned about, the aero screen is here to stay. We all agree that head protection in open wheel cars was necessary. There are different ways of going about it. The aero screen has pluses and minuses. Fine. We can all agree with that. The one minus for sure is the weight. And, you know, as we continue to, you know, move towards hybrid systems and everything, like that's going to be more weight. And again, it, it kind of circles back to our previous joke, like getting a new car is a good thing, right? We need a new car. We need a new car. <clears throat> There's the thing is there are pros and cons that you can look at from the aero screen in its current guise, sure. bolted onto yeah. an existing chassis that was not designed for it. You eliminate literally every con if it's integrated from the design from the get-go. So the sooner we can get a new car, the sooner you can stop anybody even raising that question. Because there is there is no argument 100%. that it's safer. Yeah, like yeah. that is not even up for debate. And so the the few things that are, you know, the weight, the heat issues, which is pretty much it. Like that's really all that there is. So you say that, and, and that, is, that, is, that is true. What I was doing a, in an interview, and the arrow screen came up because it, it became a hot topic again. Hot topic, huh? That's funny. Um, and they were like, surely it's, it's really you know, difficult to see in the wet, too. And I was like, yeah, no, actually. Wait. We haven't actually used it in the wet yet. So that is still, no. Have we We not? did a qualifying session at Mid-Ohio in 2020, but like, there was 12 cars on track in the groups, and it was like it wasn't raining. It was a drying track because the second group went to slicks, so like it wasn't wasn't real wet. Right. And you're not behind a car. No one has right. raced the aero screen in the wet. So yeah. that's still wait like wait. A I thought mark, when Marco was the first to come off wet tires, it was pre already screen. okay. Yeah, that was yeah. true. Everything is just a blur. Um, interesting. So yeah, good good point. But I think good point. I think you you summarize it beautifully, James. I think. Most, if not all, of the problems 
get solved with an integration of the arrow screen. It probably is the future, ultimately. Um, so let's just bite the bullet, guys. Let's get a new car. Let's let's get it done. Yeah. Let's bite the bullet. A that's a great opportunity with the engines. That's our motto. With the engines getting pushed back, right? The engines getting pushed back a year, which had to happen for a lot of different reasons and was, was the right call given the circumstances. Not ideal, but it is what it is. But now... You know, if today you told Delara, all right, design the new car, we could have it designed, built, crash tested by the end of the year, on track, you know, early next year, developed through the 23 season and then 24, we have the hybrid systems, we have the new engines, we have the new car, all this talk hopefully is true about a new manufacturer, like this is the time. And that article that you mentioned, Alex, uh, from Marshall Pruitt had quotes from enough of the team owners that said, yeah, it's going to suck, but like so is spending all this money to get the hybrid system up and running to a year or two later having to spend that much more money on a new car. Like we'd rather just kind of do yeah. it all now. And so like if I'm, you know, if I'm IndyCar, I'm looking at that and thinking, all right, we have to at least consider this very seriously as an option because we it has to be done at some point. And people seem to think that, you know, this is a good opportunity. We've been sort of been handed inadvertently this opportunity. Take it, guys. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, let's just remember, bite the bullet. Whether you're listening to a podcast that I didn't edit well or you're What's in a car that that's, that's No, I'm saying it. that's that sums up everything that we are. It's oh, just hey, yeah. you know, grin and bear it. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um well anyways guys, thanks for being here. Good to see you all. And uh we'll see you next week, I guess. We have to <laughs>